not the Imperial Army. This is the great, the mighty, the lovely, the one and only Papa View Radio, arriving with the special edition here at the 19th Annual Allied Media Conference in Detroit, Michigan, all the way from the Windy City to the Motor City. And now, you're about to listen to interviews, conversations, music, and much more. Be ready to fight back in five, four, three, two, one. May the force be with you. Hello, good morning, guys. And just a reminder, we are Pop of You Radio. My name is Adeline. I'm going to be your host for today. And Brian here in controls. So, yeah, welcome to another special edition of Pop of You Radio. We're coming from Chicago. So, we're here in Detroit. Um, I just want to remind you guys before we start, uh, if you have any friends that are outside of Detroit or couldn't make it here, you guys could, you know, send them the link, mixlr.com slash yolo-radio or lumpinradio.com. So in today's show, we will discuss about the importance of internet radio that are located in small communities, communities as an outlet for global connections. In this conversation, we will have an interview with Stephanie Manriquez, a writer, multicultural guide, and social activist also known for her work in public radio as an independent producer. And also we have Vanessa Sanchez, <laughs> the director of Yolo Cali Arts Reach, a youth, a youth initiative of National Museum of Mexican Arts to discuss about what is Papa Youth Radio and how it makes an impact in the youth community. We also have a special, special guest. Uh, his name is Logan Bay. We will have him on the line. Um, he's from WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen's radio programming director, who will be talking about the importance of community radio and the uniqueness of its programs. We will also talk to Diego Aguirre, a graphic designer and a radio experimental artist based in Mexico City. And just, you know, to add, projects on the internet radio. So let's start with our today's show. We are going to let you with the trailer of an upcoming radio adventure. Let's listen. In a world where pizza eats no more. What? There's no pizza? Oh my goodness. Will people be able to survive? We're all gonna freaking die, man. Can you guys be quiet? I'm trying to watch La Rosa de Guadalupe. There's no pizza. Why aren't you panicking? <gasps> There's no more pizza. You're screwed. No. no. Hey, that's the last slice. Give me that. Hey, back up. Well, there, chill, guys. Jesus Christ. Wait. What about tacos? Oh, yeah. The end of the pizza. Rated R. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can I do it again? All right, we're back. And we're, we're going to start off with Stephanie and Vanessa, and we're going to talk about youth programming, uh, such as Diffusion Media and Pop of Youth Radio. So Vanessa Sanchez is the director of Yolo Cali Arts Reach, a youth initiative of the, the National Museum of Mexican Arts. She received her BFA in painting at University of Illinois at Chicago. And since 2001, she has dedicated her career to designing in innovative, creative, and free art and media programs for teens and young adults in collaboration with local and international artists. And Stephanie Marriquez is a writer, multicultural guide, and social activist, also known for her work in public radio as an independent producer. She's, she's the lead journalist and teacher for Yolo Cali, Art Street, Your Story, Your Way, and Papa Youth Radio programs. So, hi ladies, how are you? Hello. Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. So, how you guys slept? <laughs> I had a, a great sleep. Yeah. They have some great beds at the hotel we yeah. stay at yeah, yeah. in Detroit. I loved it. I was on time and I still went yeah. to run. I went for a run today again. <laughs> All right. So, 
I know it's early and you know you guys are probably still feeling it. Um, but we're gonna ask you a couple questions. And first off, this question goes for both of you. Just you know, reminder. Uh, what is Yola Kali? I can give the general spiel since uh, I've been doing it for so long. Uh, Yolo Kali is a teen program of the National Museum of Mexican Art. We've been around since 1997. It's our 20th birthday. Um, we provide free after-school and out-of-school time um, art and digital media programs, everything from street art, mural making, print making, um, to this awesome radio program as well, and uh, video and, and uh, camera programs. Um, we like to see ourselves as more as an open space for young people, so it's more for them to explore their interests and build their creativity and have uh, supporting adults around them to help guide them and just be there if they have any questions or need us to buy them pizza or hot chocolate <laughs> and, um, and to take them to Detroit. Yes. <laughs> All right, so you mentioned digital media program. So we are interested to know more about it. Can you tell us? Yeah, um, so we started doing digital media programs um, in 2001. Uh, we started receiving some grants from the state um, to build the digital divide in our neighborhood. Um, but we focused on more of the creative side of digital media or digital works, uh, whereas other community centers are focusing more on, um, I would say, computer literacy. Uh, we decided to bring that creative outlet since we are a creative space. Um, and so we first started doing some more like design work, uh, video and photo, um, but then our sister program, Radio Arte, which uh, was also a program of the National Museum of Mexican Art, um, they were doing radio uh, along with us in the same building. Um, and about five years ago, unfortunately, the museum had to sell the radio station, but the museum wanted to keep the programming. And so they asked me to take, Yolokali to take on that role, to continue radio, um, to continue bringing this youth voice. And uh, we took it on, and luckily Stephanie was still by our side and was able to um, build up uh, providing these programs. So we started off more with audio uh, works, audio pieces, and soundscapes. And then luckily, um, that's around two years ago, Lumpen, uh, which is through the Public Media Institute, yes. um, was deciding to build a radio station in another neighborhood in Chicago. And since we have done other collaborations with them, we're like, oh, cool, Like we want to get back on radio. We want to build this history again that the museum had, that these young people had. And so um, we asked, we had a meeting with them. They liked that we were weird and crazy too, and they wanted young people on their radio station. And so um, we finally were able to now be on air, which is amazing. Yay. And I think I would like to add up something in there, because uh, we ended up, they saw the radio station, but we ended up with all the equipment. Mm -hmm. so so when they moved us from different building, uh, we ended up ha being in actually where Radio Arte was born. And we have our own studio in our neighborhood, Little Village. So the kids broadcast from Little Village and stream to the other neighborhood. And then we just air from there. So that's kind of really cool because they own that space. So that's their studio. Yeah. Studio Y. Yeah. <laughs> studio Y. Why? Mm -hmm. Why not? Locally? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you guys believe that this program has impact the youth? Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you're here right now yeah. in Detroit. Um, you know, what was great is that Ryder really had this, this great history of building the next generation of Latino journalists. And even Stephanie was a part of it. Um, and so Ooh. it's really beautiful to see you know, where people are now today um, and having them even now be able to continue to do it, um, even though it's on a different radio station, it's still another community radio station. And so um, it's great that now the young people can um, continue uh, growing and building themselves. And so we had a few uh, young people who were part of the Northwestern's um, Social Justice News Next, Nexus Fellowship, which we're really proud of. Um, and so that was like another step up for us to uh, continue building their careers as journalists for, um, that are speaking 
and telling the stories that we want to hear, right? That are telling the stories that don't get usually talked about on uh, the larger media markets. So um, it's really great that we're able to continue that. All right, thank you. Uh, why do you choose to teach radio as a youth outlet? Ouch. <laughs> um, well, as Vanessa mentioned, um, I um, I was part of this program in, since 2004. So when I was probably your age, kind yes. of. Yes. <laughs> and um, I think it totally impacted my life. And I was I wanted to study marketing, and I think totally changed my the direction of what I wanted to be. Um, I was part, I think I learned the importance of being the voice of the community and impact that the youth can do or the change they can do. Um, I think um, you mentioned or the part of the activism that I did in the community, it was because of Radio Arte and um, I just want to pass it through. I think it's very important to have spaces for the, uh, for the youth for them to express themselves, to explore new alternatives. And I think the beauty of this class is just the name by itself. It's your story, your way. We have to um, not impose certain terms in how journalism has to be done. I think journalism um, are, is born when... Um, from the local stories. Yeah. And um, I think the local stories are being told by you guys, and it's you, the local stories, and also because you does not have an outlet. I mean, um, we just consume digitally, or your generation, right? It's scrolling down, scrolling down, but it doesn't go further than that. And I think um, guiding you to see um, how other alternatives you have, how you can create the information and be part of the information, I think is very powerful. Uh, can you men can you tell us a little bit more about what's up? What's up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's up? It's our uh, radio programming that it was born from this class, Your Story, Your Way, as a partnership with Lumpen Radio. So it's a two-hour programming where we explore different alternatives to do radio. Um, it's divided by two. It's divided by our one-hour programming where you um, we can play all the audio productions produced in the class and also interviews and uh, more invest um research pieces, and to learn the structure in how you will be doing radio. So, um, and also to follow uh, follow and discipline yourself to follow the rules of the FCC. Like no swearing, cleaning out your content, and actually research your content, you know, because you have that responsibility now that is not only for you guys, and you guys kind of playing, but you are actually have to tell the truth and you need to be, you need to have your sources well done. So that's kind of the, what, the first part of the program. And the second part is uh, basically music jams where we just select some music, but it gives you the opportunity to, um, to express yourself better, um, to uh, look for content like who's playing, um, why it's important, or if he won a Grammy or not, or when would this album produce. It just it gives you that uh, facility for you to to be more um, um, like more fluent on the radio. So that's what Music Jams does. Plus, it's fun. Yeah, I wanted to add too. So <clears throat> at Yolokali. The program is kind of divided, so it's your story, your way. That's the beginning, like the entry level for these young people to dip their toes into radio um, and get into journalism and doing audio pieces. And so they learn how to record, they learn how to interview, they learn how to make soundscapes, um, make all these great pieces that actually get added into the radio show. Um, but it helps like lead them up and get them interested and invested. And then the next step then is for them to be a part of the radio station even more and do WhatsApp and be a host on air um, and learn, like Stephanie was saying, how to you know control the board and you know be like Brian and doing all the sound <laughs> and things like that. And Ooh, Brian. The hand signals. So yeah, um, it's a really great way. It's a really nice step up uh, that we're able to give the young people. And then, like I said, then we try to find other outlets for them to continue they're making and, and kind of build their own um, career as journalists, such as through the fellowships uh, that we're able to find. All right. Well, what kind of topics is the youth most interested in this? 
well, it varies. I think when they start um, the class, they usually give me like a personal story. Sometimes they t- when I talk about zombies or they want to talk about, um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, sometimes it's just a, a process to heal because the people who come, they're very, um, I would say, extroverts. Introvert. 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 And they always have something to say. Very profound. So yeah. it's very deep. Um, things that they see in their neighborhoods, in their families. And once that they heal themselves through, it can be a violent, um, talk about violence or gangs or mental health or uh, dropouts in high school, whatever they're happening in their high school, their education, um, stress of being a senior, etc. I think once that they pass that and then they just let that go, um, I think the fun part starts because now they say, what else? What else can I talk about? So that's the process where they start reading and they start informing and then they start exploring other topics. So now they talked about their neighborhoods. They, um, they talked about environmental justice. They talk about police brutality. Um, they talk about um, food and exploring the food, the processed food, uh, how the chickens are killed, and all of that fun part um, <laughs> creatively. <laughs> There's an audience for chickens. Yeah, you know that, right? yeah, I know. Okay, yeah. <laughs> they have feelings. Yeah, they do. Um, so it, it can vary. And let's just talk about that our kids are from 13 to 20. And it's very, very interesting to see how they, they change. Um, and how they grow their interest. Um, sometimes they're playing and they really want to talk about tackies. Yeah. But even if they want to talk about tackies, <laughs> it's just the exploration of uh, junk food versus healthy food. Uh, where is that coming from? It talk about culture. Um, so we, we try to guide them in different angles in order for them to express what they want to say. Mm-hmm. All right, since we only have like four more minutes into this okay. conversation, uh, what has been your favorite show and why? Whoa, I have so many favorite I shows. Know, I know, I know. You guys are my favorites. Um, well, I think um, after the elections, um, many of um, of you guys, we had our class, our the ones that they would just start editing pieces and the ones that you were in, mm-hmm. in charge of radio already. Uh, but they all came together after the election and we were worried. We were um, a concern. Um, we were scared for the future about education, about LGBTs, about being women, Latino, uh, minorities. Um, so they all choose their concern and their fear. And we went um, on air for two hours and we did our research. Why were we worried? We were trying to just overcome our fears and trying to get solutions and um, to talk about it. And it was a very powerful um, show that um, we developed through, through the themes and then trying to get solutions through art. We have some artists that they are... Um, they're in the process, they're immigrants, and they were trying to, to, to creatively heal themselves. So it was a very powerful show, Downfall of the Human Race. Yeah. Um, my favorite was uh, the first time we all did pop-up youth radio, which is what we're doing now. So the live radio in a location, in a different location other than our studio, um, but when we did it at Via Palooza, yes. the Little Village Music Festival, because so cool. um, I'm also a part of that, and so it was really great to have you all there and be able to interview people who are coming to the festival, interview bands, um, and almost be there all day in the heat, um, and do this like special segment um, that talked about the neighborhood that we're in, talked about the music, the interests of all the young people in Little Village, which is a predominantly um, Mexican neighborhood, very young, um, and so and very diverse in the music range that the young people listen to. So it was really cool to have you guys there and like represent your community. Be like, ah, we're here. Like, let's talk about what we all like and let's talk to the artists that we all love and and geek out about that. So that was my favorite. <laughs> 
So how was the idea of Papa View Radio Arise? Um, we, you know, sometimes we just have some crazy brainstorms at Yellow Alley, and um, we started thinking about like what else can we do with radio. And we were really interested in in Chicago. There was a show called the Barbershop Show. Um, where it was through another uh, public station in Chicago where they would do a live show at the barbershop. <laughs> um, we're like, oh, that's really cool. Like, how can we kind of replicate that? And also similar, we were interested in the laundromat project in New York where they do like art activities and projects um, where the people are. We're like, okay, how can we bring radio to where the people are? Um, and so that's kind of like how it started and... Um, our former coworker Brenda and Stephanie like really started to brainstorm and think about how how can we make this happen, and then how can we share out how other people can do it too to make radio part of their own communities um, and tell their own stories and get people interested in radio again and create your own radio. I mean, um, sometimes you don't have the outlets, but you can just do it yourself. So to teach you how to just to connect and plug that was kind of yeah I think that's a fun part it is <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what is the inspiration and the mission for Papa View Radio and why the why Papa <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah the, uh, like I said the inspirations are really from other projects that we were interested in laundromat project and the the barbershop show um, and like Stephanie said too, too we wanted to be able to spread the joy of radio in a way, Um, you know, to have um, anyone uh, be able to do this in their home, uh, similar to, you know, what other people used to do when they were making their own little um, pirate radio stations back in the day, Uh, but how can we do it um, in a way that other people can listen to online, because now online is a big thing, because you can connect with so many other people. Um, outside of your neighborhood and let them understand, you know, who you are and your culture and your interests. Um, and so I feel like that's really the mission is kind of like to be able to share these stories to a wider audience, and but also to bring it back to the local community um, and be able to, you know, get the little kids on the block interested or get the kids at an event at a maker fair interested in what radio is. And interact. You have to interact with your audience, and sometimes it's get lost with digital uh, media. So interact one on one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Are you guys aiming to specific location, and is the location important? Um, uh, t- technically, the location is important, right? Like you need internet <laughs> to go online. You need uh, electricity. Um, and so when we were first building up Papa Booth Radio, we did choose specific spaces um, based on the communities we know and the organizations that we know um, just as a community org and um, through other um, networks that we're in. And so, like I said, we did the Via Palooza event. We did a graffiti battle at Yolo Cali. Um, we did a maker fair in the south side near um, Fort City Mall, if you've ever been to Chicago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we did it at, where am I forgetting? At Yolo Cali. We did at Yolo Cali several times. Forgetting another one. We did other ones. <laughs> so many locations. Oh, at the Valentine's party at the National oh, yeah. Museum of Mexican Art. We played Twister. Yeah, we played Twister. Yeah, we did the live Twister on the radio. It was really good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 uh, it's important, like I said, for several things, just to make sure that we're able to broadcast live. Um, that's not to say you have to. You could just be recording the show. Um, but we also want it to be a space that we can, you know, get stories from and feel connected with also um, and feel like, okay, what is the message that we want to say? Because then these shows uh, are a part of um, the radio to the radio program that we have provided. All right. So two more questions and we'll be done. <laughs> uh, so we know that Papa V Radio, you guys created a guidebook, right? Um, how long did it took to be completed, and what was the most difficult issue throughout this project? Um, it was a two-summer project. Um, it took more months than that to write it down, but we write it down, revise it. Um, on When we revise it, we have to test it out again and see. I can just put so much, but if you have not done radio before, 
um, it was for me it was clear for not for somebody else but when we tested it with somebody that have not done radio ever in their life or connect the cable ever um, we find out a lot of um, detailings missing so um, grade it down everything was missing and then um, regret it down and tested it again so it was a long process but it's really worth it because we know that everybody can do pop-up youth radio to close this segment, how was Pop of Youth Radio and what's up done in, done an impact in the world of radio or in radio landscape? Um, I think it's very important. Teens that they used not used to not listen to radio or don't even like radio. What? How? How? how where do you listen to that? I'm like, there's radios. Um, now they're doing it. You are doing it, um, and. <laughs> Many kids around, they're doing it and actually listening to Lump and Radio. They're like curious or wait until night until their favorite show, their metal show show is up in Lump and Radio. Yeah. So the culture is spreading. So it's not only about uh, digital because you can play, put play at any time, but now they're living the moment on waiting for that radio show and experience it because now you can connect with that person through chat or when they uh, they shout out at you, they're like, oh, they shout out at me. It's different. It's The sensation is different. So I think um, this new generation of teens um, that they're doing radio, um, they're feeling it, and I think they're bringing it further, and um, they will bring, bring right. it further. Yeah. And they, like having a, like an alternative station that they can go to as opposed to just the bigger stations on their dial tone, there's an alternative for them to listen to um, that speaks more to them. All right, thank you ladies for this quick conversation. So we just had our conversation about youth programming from Diffusion Media to Pop-Up Youth Radio. And we just had Vanessa, which is the director of Yolokali Arts Reach, and Stephanie, which is a teacher from Yolokali that teaches your story your way and pop of youth radio. So that was just, you know, these young ladies had, you know, the opportunity to talk to us. <laughs> so we will be right back and stay tuned for more. Oh, somebody, oh, he needs some milk. And you need to stay where you are because we will be right back with more of Pop of Youth Radio. And you should probably get some milk too. Just saying though. Hey you, do you want to get smarter? This is the word of the day. The word of the day today is acquired generalized lipodystrophy, or better known as just lipodystrophy, to play it simple. To not make it so complicated. Lipodystrophy is when your body loses the proper way to store fat in the abdomen, so excess fat circulating through the bloodstream ends up accumulating in the liver. Do you feel smart or smarter now? This was the word of the day. All right, we're back, and don't forget you are listening to listening to Pop of Youth Radio all the way from Chicago to Detroit, and now we have a special guest that he's right now actually in Chicago. We have him here on the phone line, so I hope you guys could listen. <laughs> all right. So we're going to talk to on the phone to Logan Bay. We're going to talk about community radio and challenges and non-traditional contact. Logan Bay is a WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lupin's radio programming director and station director. Logan is a multi-faced creative professional guided by a lifelong passion for art and design with experience directing festivals, managing and business and curating content. So, hi, Logan. Hey, what's up, Detroit? <laughs> so, how are you, Logan? How are you feeling? 
I'm doing great. You know, I was just listening to this entire panel on the FM radio in Chicago, and I realized it's the first time we've done an interstate live transmission. So it's um, a milestone right now today. All right. So we're going to ask you a few questions, if you don't mind, Logan. You can hear me. (laughs) All right. We're going to start off with the question, why is community radio an important outlet? Uh, community radio is an important outlet because um, it really does offer something to, I think, anchor community and kind of bring people together. And as we've really worked to build Lumpen Radio um, without kind of the radio as this kind of present force to drive people forward, I don't think we would really have people so constantly involved and engaged with us. And it's really changed the way we look at um, the practices and projects that Public Media Institute creates. So it's been um, amazing. All right, thank you. How is community radio different from any traditional radio station? Well, community radio is different from traditional radio. I think just based on each station, it's kind of unique in how it's organized, operated, and who runs it. For us, you know, we're not traditional radio people, so it brings a different kind of mix and skew to what we work on, and probably we're making lots of mistakes. But uh, I think it's something interesting. And then the, there's no, like, um, there's no kind of a commodification or kind of capitalist part of it in a way. Like, we do still need to make money and operate, but in a lot of ways it's about the content, the creativity are the driving factors, at least for us. And so the, uh, the making it all kind of pay for itself comes second to what's actually going on and who we're meeting. Okay, what makes Lumpin Radio a unique outlet for local artists, members of the community, and other random projects? So Lumpin Radio is actually a really unique outlet, I think, because, you know, our parent publication, Lumpin Magazine, has been coming out for 25 years. We've run an alternative gallery space in Bridgeport for over 10 years, and we've run a version festival for 15 years. So we've had a long trajectory of engaging with activists, artists, people in the community, and uh, Lumpen Radio is our newest project, so in a lot of ways it's drawn from those years of putting in the hard work and building this community and this connection. And in some ways it's even been a moment where it's like, let's get the band back together and put out the call to all these people, and it's kind of re-engaged people with us and given them a whole new media outlet to spread their message and talk. What are the biggest challenges for a station like Lumpen Radio that it runs independently and still needs to follow the guidelines of a public radio? Yeah, so the biggest challenges for running a, an LPFM and just dealing with it is kind of this government bureaucracy of everything and having to answer to, to certain people and certain practices. I think we've all got a little spoiled with the Internet, and it's very easy to kind of do things freewheeling, but as we've entered this, like, idea of public airways and we're basically, you know, kind of given this lease on public space, we have to kind of follow their bureaucratic rules so that's not always easy for kind of anarcho-leftist people to, to embrace those, those aspects. And that's something that we've actually had to train a lot of our DJs on and really worked, worked hard to do to kind of format things. Um, so that's always a barrier to entry, but it's also um, been a good way to kind of help, I think, give people a little structure, and then they can start figuring out how to mess with that structure and how to do things around those rules and how to reach people. So that kind of sacrifice is worth uh, the struggle. All right, so we all know that you are the station director from Lumpen. Um, how do you choose the people that are willing to do programs in Lumpen Radio? So choosing shows for Lumpen Radio, um, it's kind of, it's, it's like anything. I think we kind of look to people that we know and we reach out to different communities, but we're always looking for things that we haven't heard elsewhere. You know, it's always this kind of thing of like, does this already exist somewhere else in the media sphere or is this already covered? Like, what can we bring that's different? And so we're always trying to give those outlets to people. I think really quickly we learned that if you get uh, passionate, nerdy people in a room who are talking about something they're nerdy and passionate about, it's great content. So it's just been really finding those nerds, those passionate people, those knowledgeable people who are open to share that's been the, not the biggest challenge, but, you know, it's like activating them and getting them in the studio and getting that content out. And when you do it, it's great. So it's easy to hear. I mean, we have a sports show, and I hate sports, but it's interesting. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of political talk and other things. And, you know, I wouldn't 
necessarily know about all these topics, but when people who are really knowledgeable and excited about them talk, you can't help but love it. Do you usually meet with each host or producer of a Lumpen radio show? And do you recommend them or uh, have a bigger connection or impact with the community? Yeah, so before anyone gets a show, we always have meetings with people. We talk about you know, the guidelines because there has to be some training. Um, and then we, we kind of you know, get people started. I think along the way, it's a similar path to with like what's up. I think getting people skills up is like the first level, and then you kind of level them up to start thinking about the bigger reach of their show. So with volunteers and this kind of community-driven radio, a lot of it is this process of kind of slowly leveling people up because if you dump all them on them at one time, they're more apt to make mistakes or just get overwhelmed. So we slowly kind of have a system where we kind of onboard people to the point of where they can run their own fully functional show. Uh, the hardest thing for us has always been, too, is that, you know, we are completely understaffed and underfunded um, without, like, I've been ill for a while without Jamie Trecker there and some of our other uh, producers. We would be way behind, but, you know, It's always finding people who not necessarily even want to have a show. It's finding people who can produce and help people who have no radio experience step up to the board and really do their show the way they want to do it. And so creating that kind of outlet is, like, really important. So we know that it's difficult to keep up with all these programs in a, you know, a radio station. What type of techniques do you use to improve, improve Lumpin' Radio programming? The, the ways we improve Lumpen Radio program is honestly just getting feedback and listening to all the shows and, you know, having that kind of uh, level of communication with all of our DJs, producers, um, content creators. I think, you know, most of us involved with the station actually listen to Lumpen Radio a lot. I probably listen to more Lumpen Radio than any human on earth. Uh, <laughs> and there's always, kind of, there's always kind of a level of feedback, and I think we've been very lucky to work with people and we've, we've kind of selected people who are open to have those discussions and really work on honing their shows and perfecting it. And we still want to have indie media that's kind of off the wall and different, but we do try and do our best to present a professionally produced product that, you know, will attract people. We always kind of want a Trojan horse in there and have, you know, beautiful design or beautiful sound design, beautiful, you know, production value because, We want people to hear it and not realize that it's like, you know, a bunch of crazy volunteers in like a little makeshift studio with bad air conditioning making these <laughs> <Yeah>. shows happen. <laughs> yeah, that happens. Uh, what are your favorite shows tr transmitted at Lumpin Radio and why? And can you also tell us what's on the content? Um, yeah, you know, the favorite shows at Lumpin, it's tough. I, I love every Lumpin show. I don't think there's any show on Lumpin that I hate so I could go on and on, you know, from what's up and hearing Dean voices talk about everything from uh, suicide to Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, it's always different. So this week was a rerun of a, a panel about policing, which was crazy. Yeah. So I love that kind of varied content to the El Cardinal Aslan Streams of Combat, the metaphysical mythological sports show that kind of references pre-Columbian mythology while talking about contemporary sports. I mean, that's bananas. <laughs> yeah, about Fred and Mike. We have Fred and Mike Klonsky are like old school activists from like back in the day who have come on and they bring crazy guests. So I have like aldermanic people, future possible mayor candidates for Chicago coming on to our station talking about really important issues. I mean, there's tons of nutty stuff. And then, of course, all of our DJs are bonkers. <laughs> We have people who are vinyl collectors and nerds and playing music that you won't hear anywhere else. And You know, it's just been really exciting to put that out there on the public airwaves in Chicago. So a final question. Who is the community of the future and what is its message to the world and how does it connect or communicate? <laughs> wow, that's, that's a huge question. The community of the future is something that we at Lumpen have always been believing in and trying to build. And I think doing the radio has made us really realize that the community of the future You know, it really is all of us and all of us connecting. And in and, and these kind of difficult times and even through the radio shows and hearing people go through levels of depression and anger and whatever thing, um, we've really built this group of people who um, communicate, who interact, who are like a giant extended family. And we've kind of seen the, the fruits of that. And while larger culture may sometimes alienate or leave us behind, you know, if we have this core group of people there who are passionate and excited and creative and working to make solutions, 
um, that is our community of the future. You know, it's all of us kind of just getting connected and being engaged with each other and not being locked away by ourselves. All right. Thank you so much, Logan, for letting us have, you know, have a conversation with you. Um, so we will still, you know, talk to you in a bit. We'll just keep you on the line. Uh, we just okay. had a, we just had a conversation about you know community radio and the challenges and the non traditional you know, and this was Logan, which you know Lumpin's radio programming director and station director from Lumpin Radio, uh, WLPN LP Chicago one hundred five point five FM, and we will, we're gonna go on a quick break and we'll be right back. I'll be back with more Papa Youth Radio. And you better stay where you are, or I'm exterminating you. back and I hope you guys enjoy that little Mario segment. <laughs> All right. I just wanted to remind you guys. <laughs> I just wanted to remind you guys that uh, we are live um, in lumpinradio.com. If you have any friends that are, you know, outside of Detroit or couldn't make it to, you know, to this segment, you guys could text them or, you know, send them the link or something. Uh, we are also going to continue this conversation with you know, our final guest here, <laughs> his name is Diego Aguirre. <laughs> and we are going to have a small conversation about internet radio and bringing radio access to communities. So Diego Aguirre is a graphic designer and a radio experimental artist based on Mexico City. He has collaborated in the diverse internet radio projects such as RadioGlobal.org, WMWMWM.net, and CCD Radio. He currently serves as a producer at a Blind People Radio and Escuchatorio, an experimental platform that invites listening as a political act. So, hi, Diego. Hey. How are you, Diego? Fine. <laughs> very excited. You're excited? I'm very happy with what's going on here. <laughs> so, how was your trip here to... Um, it from was very good. We were playing. Yeah. We were playing radio in the car, <laughs> radio ranchito. Remember? Oh yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna ask you a few questions if that's fine with you, Diego. Yeah, that's perfect. All right. So we're gonna start with, what type of techniques do you use when it gets to in, to internet radio? It's very similar, like techniques like how I build my internet radio stations. It's very similar than pop up dude radio. It's basically. A computer, a mixer. Uh, we have a stream server, also, and microphones. Like I think we have no, now more equipment than we <laughs> usually do, like for the Radio Global or WM, WM, WM. Yeah, it's, it's very similar <laughs> than probably. Uh, what would you recommend to focus and spread the idea of internet radio? To focus on the internet radio, like in general? Yeah. To get like, what do you recommend? What I recommend? Yeah. Like, to spread. To spread. Yeah. The idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, can you ask the question in Spanish? <laughs> Stephanie Where? will translate. Uh, ¿Cómo fomentarías ah, el yeah, internet? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> radio por internet. Okay. Um, well, it's because it's free. It's through the internet, so it's better if you like make some things happen outside of the internet to bring the people in, like listening to you yeah. in the internet. So I think like pop-up radio is a very good idea to bring people who 
who cannot know that you are doing radio, like internet, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I do a lot of workshops outside <laughs> in Mexico City. Yeah. And yeah, I think that that these kind of things, like pop up things, it's very good to bring people. Also, stickers, stickers are very good. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, puppets, bottoms. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, how did you get in love with the idea of internet radio? It was. I always say that it was kind of an accident, but that, <laughs> that changed my life okay. totally. Because I'm a graphic designer, so I never imagined me like doing radio. But I, I was in Tijuana, Baja California. It's in, just in the yeah. north part of Mexico. For those who don't know, and I was. Uh, there because I, I had a uh, freelance uh, project there so I was presenting and I met these guys where like it was like you at those times no? yeah. it was like you Brian and all the, all the young people there doing radio they were staying this uh, internet radio station and called Radio Global and I never like one of them asked me to cover his hour because he couldn't make it. He he needs to go to the doctor or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I was there just because he asked me to be there in the in the radio. And then when I was <laughs> the very first Time. ten minutes yeah. on the and on the microphone, that changed my life. Oh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. <laughs> Because you know, you know me. I always make mistakes. I'm kind of goofy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, no way. <laughs> so it was very, it was very interesting because I was, uh, I, I play a song, and I say a wrong, a wrong name. I, I made a mistake on Whoa. the song, and two minutes, two minutes uh, after that, someone in the chat room just told me like. You know, that's not the song. You, you, you made a mistake. But for me, it was very... It, it impacts me a lot, you know? Yeah. Because I received the feedback... Like, quick. Like, quick. Yeah. You know? And, and I found that radio is a very good way to, to learn of what you don't know. Yeah. And also to make mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> and take advantage of that. That's, that is true. Um, do you believe that educating people about radio in low-income communities have a stronger voice or outlet? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think it's not about how many people is listening outside, you know? I think doing radio is also a way to understand yourself mm -hmm. and to bring the people that you wanted to at your table. You, know? you have the power of the microphone. Yeah. So I think it's very powerful yeah, because of People can listen to you, but also because you can bring the the interest that you want it to your space, to your community, to your yeah, to your house, to your. So, what motivated you to teach and spread awareness of of internet radio or DIY? Because radio? yeah, so I met these guys in Tijuana, and I got in love of the radio, and I with my friends also because. I wanted to, you know, to to these friends from Tijuana, meet my friends from Guadalajara, my hometown, and uh, yeah, I I started to make the bridge, so I started the, to make uh, the same radio station, but in Tijuana, and I started to teach more people and more people who wanted to be in the station. So I started to do, to do like kind of workshop more mm -hmm. formally in a way, and now it's kind of crazy, you know, like uh, this year um, I was in Michoacán with the autodefensas, with a group of autodefensas, I don't know if you know about that, but it's it's very interesting what's happening now in Mexico about security, and I yeah. just recently made a worship with a group of uh, uh, rehab, the, the, a group of young people who are in rehab, Yeah, we make this worship inside of the rehab Okay. Place and it's very, it's very interesting. So we know that you produce and guide a group of blind people on radio. What are your expectations from the blind people that you work with? My first expectations? Yeah. I was very scared because it was it was super super difficult to because 
everybody said like the the blinds have yeah. the superpower of filling. Yeah. You know. Okay. <laughs> and I always imagine that they they will be very good as storytellers. Yeah. And they are. They are. They're, they wow. they are. But also they're like uh, very normal people mm-hmm. that can touch you like <laughs> all, all the time. You know, yeah. like everything that they say, they have another perspective of the things. Yeah. So even though they're talking about like kind of simple things, you know, like love mm-hmm. or Christmas, mm-hmm. they always have different perspective of that. No? How a, a blind a blind guy knows that he he likes someone, you know. Yeah, that is. That's that's very. That's interesting. That's, that's very, really cool. That's very cool. <laughs> so every time, every every you know every show that we make is like super super interesting. Final question, <laughs> um, and you are working in a special project right now. I heard. Yeah. <laughs> that you'll be teaching in Chicago soon. Yeah. What is it? It's very interesting. It's it's actually the first time that we're gonna make this project, and it's gonna be with you guys. Ooh, it's called that's so cool. Yeah, it's called <laughs> Tiny Message. Tiny. So, <laughs> Tiny Message. Yeah. Tiny <laughs> Message. <laughs> so I've been um, teaching a lot of communities to how you build your own internet radio station, and I noticed that people, you know, it's very power empowers a lot. No, for example. These kids in Tijuana, in the borderline, that it's um, they are like probably they are from Honduras or maybe they they just kick them out and yeah. you know there's a big community there and the economic situation is very like complex like everywhere in the world but in, at least in 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 that part it's it's, it's complex so they really they love doing radio. They really love doing radio. But it's very difficult for them to have a, a laptop and a mixer yeah. and microphones and stuff. It's like, imagine like how many... It's difficult for us also. So imagine like uh, this 11-year-old kid who wants to do the radio, but he cannot access to this kind of thing. So I've been, I'm involved with a lot of artists who work with technology also. Mm-hmm. And I knew that you can build your own radio station without having a computer. That is so cool. <laughs> your own? <laughs> yes, I'm like getting into it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it sounds like magic, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, so it's like a, a bunch of electronic stuff. And it's actually like a kind of computer. It's called Raspberry Pi. It's, it's like a computer, but it's $45. Wow. And all you can build your own radio station with 100 Wow. So that's kind of that's uh, an opportunity for these kids and for more people and even for for us now to have uh, this kind. Of, it's a transmitter who is the cost is is very cheap. It's economical. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we're going to make five. Yeah, I'm excited now. Cali is going to be the first five, so I'm very excited. Also. Yeah, I'm very excited now. I. And looking forward. Yeah, so at the, at the end, like, if you go to a web page, it's going to be also a platform. Okay. If you go to a web page, you will see, like, many, like, the people who build their own radios, their own transmi- transmitters, mm-hmm. will be there. Wow. So you, you can access to, you will be able to access radios in small communities in the whole world. Dang. I hope. That's so cool. So thank you, Diego, for this conversation. Thanks to you. All right, guys, we are back. And just to, you know, wrap things up, I just have a final question for all of our guests today. And Logan, can you hear us today? Yes, I can hear you fine. Okay. So just final question before we end everything. Uh, What is the importance of radio? Logan can go first. That for everybody or for me? You can, you can go first, Logan. <laughs> oh, okay, great. Uh, you know, radio is still a kind of free, weird thing that floats down the air and you know goes through our bodies and it's picked up all over and goes far. And I think it's it's kind of important and crazy and 
we were really into it, but I didn't really think about that when you're in a vehicle or have a little radio that it's this free kind of source that's left amidst all the TV being switched over and people going to the internet and that stuff being controlled that, you know, there's, it's still out there and people can access it more than you even realize. All right. Thank you, Logan. Um, Thanks. I, Good luck, everybody. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Logan. Um, I think for me... <laughs> Bye, <go>. Logan. <laughs> um, I think for me, it just marks a community. Um, the, the stories that they're on radio, especially when you are in an FM signal, like not internet radio, it just really marks a community that you're transmitting, you're telling the stories from there. And once that they come and jump to the digital platform, it spreads out and it connects with other communities because probably they're struggling with the same stories. Um, so I've been working with this local concept where it's something local can become global. So it, I think it's just very impactful. <laughs> um, I'd say the importance of radio is um, for everyone to have a space I feel like we're just going to repeat ourselves. <laughs> to tell their stories, to hear other stories, um, and to, I don't know, I feel like it just works a different part of your brain. Like, even right now, like, everyone's here. You know, you'd be listening to this in your car, at your house. I want to have, like, bean bags here, <laughs> like, for the audience members to just chill. Um, but, yeah, it's just, like, this other space for you to... Um, I don't know, reimagine the world. Yeah, for me, it's, for me, it's very important because everything I, that I do is yes. related about the, the radio, you know? Like, I do graphic de design and I, I met cool people because I've been doing radio and I, you know, ask them for an interview probably or I have a bunch of friends I can be in Tijuana, I know, and mm -hmm. it will be a place to, to crash there because I've been doing like things with them uh, all the time. So it's a way to build your own community for me. It's, it's, a, it's a way to meet cool people. Um, and it's a way to make research about the things that you wanted. All right. Thank you for, you know, coming from Chicago and Mexico Thank and, you. you know, talking with us today. So just a reminder for all of you guys, we talked about youth programming of Difusión Media and Pop-Up Youth Radio, also about community radio challenges, non-traditional radio and internet radio, bringing access, access to communities, you know, low-income communities. So, you know, this is our final goodbyes. Oh, they want to say off? Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> so this was Stephanie Manriquez, Vanessa Sanchez, Diego Aguirre, and our, you know, special guest on the line was Logan Bay. And, yeah, we are Pop of Youth Radio. And don't forget, if you guys want to follow us, you know, on our Twitter or Tumblr for more, you know, information, or even when it's our next pop-up. Uh, yeah, this was a special segment and edition about internet radio. So my name is Adeline, and in controls we have Brian. <laughs> so yeah, th thank you for all of you guys being part of, you know, this, you know, historic event <laughs> that we just did. So yeah, thank you guys. Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Hakuna Matata. Ain't no peasant craze. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's our problem free. Sally, our transmission for today has ended. But remember, Hakuna Matata, which means no worries. Yeah, don't worry because you never know where we will appear next. So follow us in our social media, Tumblr or Twitter, at Pop-Up Youth Radio, or in our SoundCloud, at Yolo Cali, 
or at lumpingradio.com to listen to our past transmissions. Hope you enjoyed the special edition of Pop Up Youth Radio at the 19th Annual Allied Media Conference here in Detroit. See you next time. Don't worry. Be happy.